Welcome to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. This is Brian Kletter, the creator and host of the podcast. You can engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought or at Counterthought CEO and on our Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast. For audio versions of the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And for video versions of the podcast, join us on YouTube at the Counterthought channel. Let's go. In a shocking and a historic move, Speaker of the House Republican Kevin McCarthy has been ousted by Matt Gates and the Freedom Caucus. This has set the Republican Party into a tailspin and set the entire Republican Party on fire. Welcome to Counterthought. Tuesday afternoon, early evening, a vote was held to remove Speaker Kevin McCarthy from his post in the United States Congress. Now, this had been developing over a couple of days with the feud being between Representative Matt Gates, Republican from Florida, and Speaker McCarthy, who is a Republican from California. There are a lot of layers to this. I'm going to try to unpack them the best that I can and give you my analysis and what I'm feeling towards this, because if you were on your uh, phone last night and you were scrolling through X, formerly Twitter, and you're just scrolling through the post, you probably saw people on both sides of this. Like, yes, this is a good move. No, this is a terrible move. I myself believe this is a terrible move and have called Matt Gates an imbecile for doing this, which I'll unpack here in a few minutes. But in a historic move, the Speaker of the House has been ousted from his post. Now, as we go through this, Speaker McCarthy kind of made his bed. As you'll see, the things that he agreed to in order to gain the votes to become Speaker of the House ultimately came back to bite him. Now, I don't think that was necessarily the strategy moving forward. But however, his desire for the Speaker of the House ultimately became his weakness. Now, you may remember, again, we are in the first year of this Congress. Congress is elected every two years. Speaker McCarthy was elected in late January, early February of, of this year. And the Republican Party, because Republicans do what Republicans do, Republicans in Congress cannot get their act together and be in lockstep. Republicans love to have someone who is self-righteous, love to have someone as the leader of a crusade. They can't just get in lockstep and move forward and advance their positions for the betterment of America, like Democrats can. So going back to January into early February of this year, when elections were being held within the House of Representatives to elect the Speaker of the House, since the Republicans took over the majority, a very slim majority, which impacted this, as you'll see here soon, there were 15 votes to get Kevin McCarthy elected as Speaker of the House. You may remember seeing on TV that you know people were like, oh, put Jim Jordan from Ohio, or Byron Donalds, maybe you would like to do it, you know, Republican from Florida. But ultimately, there was vote after vote after vote, concession, concession after concession being made in order for Speaker McCarthy to become Speaker McCarthy. Now, the rules are not the same for a regular 
general election or something like that. It does not take a majority of all members of the House to be elected as Speaker of the House. All it takes is the majority of those members who are present at the time of the vote. So there's a lot of strategy going on here. You may remember that Democrats, because they are opposed completely to what the Republicans want to do for this country, they floated the idea out there that in order to, you know, subvert the the strategy of the Republicans just to undermine their strategy, that if Republicans were taking a vote, but yet, you know, there was a larger contingent who didn't want that individual to be, in this case, McCarthy to be Speaker of the House, that Democrats would actually um, not show up to vote, which would then make it easier for the small group that didn't want McCarthy, it would make it easier for McCarthy to be elected you know, against the will or the desire of the small group, which in this case is the Freedom Caucus of the Republican Party. Now, the Freedom Caucus of the Republican Party is also known as the America First. That's how they refer to themselves, America First. Everything they want to do is America First. Now, America First stems off as a branch from Make America Great Again from Trump. Now, I am a conservative Republican. But the methods that this Freedom Caucus, the America, America First agenda are using by that caucus, by the Freedom Caucus, I do not subscribe to. I am not in line with. There is a strategy that is necessary in order to push your agenda forward. They love to say in front of the TV, especially Matt Gates, which, again, I, I despise him. He, I know he is a Republican, but on my list of Republicans in Congress, he is He's at the bottom. It's been rumored he might think of running for governor in the state of Florida, and I will not vote for him. I will not vote for him. I know I'm not supposed to be one for violence, but um, you've heard other individuals on TV over various various different topics say like, oh, this person has a punchable face. Matt Gates to me, has a punchable face. I just, I just can't stand the guy. But he is, sees himself as a crusader. He sees himself as a crusader, and what he wants to accomplish is the America first agenda, you know, which means again, stemming off of the make America great again, movement, bringing jobs back to America, reducing the overseas manufacturing, stop funding foreign wars, you know, trying to keep our nose clean and not putting our nose into everything that doesn't have a benefit, a direct benefit to the American people, especially when there are tons of multitude of issues here in our own country that we need to take care of first, such as, the southern border, you know, funding and taking care of our veterans, solving homelessness, reducing spending, cutting uh, spending cuts for for handouts and and everything like that. You know, reducing Medicaid and Medicare and um, strengthening Social Security and all these things that are part of the Make America Great Again, America First movement. However, the tactics that the Freedom Caucus and Matt Gates specifically are taking isn't what all of the American people want. Matt Gates and the Freedom Caucus are the equivalent of the squad for the Democrats, the left-wing squad, you know, led by AOC and Representative um, Omar and uh, Bowman, who, you know, got in trouble this past week for pulling the fire alarm. These individuals, they are known as the squad on the left because they are the ones who want the the most extreme and radical positions within the Democrat faction. Well, that's the Freedom Caucus to the Republican Party. I, again, conservative Republican, I want America first. 
but there needs to be a strategy. We can put America first while also doing it incrementally. I am a conservative Republican that believes in incrementalism. You cannot, you will not be successful in implementing your agenda if your strategy is just to run headfirst into the wall and continue to hit and hit and hit and hit that wall until you break through. Because individuals, as you are well aware, we have like a, a fight or flight. And if someone tries to take something from us or alter something in our life, we usually, you know, stiffen up, rigid, ridge up and um, become more rigid and push back against it. So the strategy to make America first and to push forward your agenda, Congressman Gates, it cannot just be you're going to mow everything down. That is what the Democrat Party has been doing with their radical with their radical issues, such as uh, transgender athletes participating against biological females, you know, pushing forward for uh, transgender children to be able to use the bathroom wherever they want, or you know, not having to tell the parents if they if a kid voices you know their their confusion at school, not having to tell the parents, and then therefore using that like they are in the state of California to then take the kids away from the parents or parent that doesn't agree with uh, the transgender thoughts that the gender identification thoughts and confusion that the children are having, you know, these, you cannot just, you cannot just push your way through. You are going to meet with resistance and it's going to uh, undermine what you're actually trying to accomplish with your agenda. So the ousting of speaker McCarthy, what's the plan, Matt? What is the plan, Congressman Gates? What is your plan? Now, as I said at the beginning, McCarthy, his weakness was his desire to be Speaker of the House. Because what is true? If you want something very, very badly, but you cannot get it on your own, others will do what they can to leverage your desire in order to get something for themselves. And that is what the Freedom Caucus and Matt Gates did back in late January, early February of this year when McCarthy was being being elected as Speaker of the House. Gates leveraged McCarthy's desire and then ultimately used one of the things McCarthy agreed to to oust him as Speaker of the House. So what did McCarthy give up back in January and February? Here are some of his promises. Uh, McCarthy gave up numerous procedural concessions. So typically, the House Rules Committee, they would determine, because they would be like in lockstep with the Speaker of the House and you know what they believe their agenda, and they would determine what would get put onto the House floor for voting and the like. Well, that would allow the Speaker of the House to then have more power and just be like, okay, well, you know, you guys and girls who are the nine typically because it's 13 people on a committee the nine of you who are in lockstep with me you know don't even worry about that i'm just going to handle it i'm going to control everything so the freedom caucus wanted to take away that power that centralization of power they wanted to decentralize the power that was there for the speaker of the house so the freedom caucus got three members put onto this rules committee so of the nine republicans and the four democrats Three of the nine Republicans were from the Freedom Caucus. So you might be thinking, okay, well, what's what's the big deal with that? 
Well, what that allows the Freedom Caucus to do, that allows them, if there is something that they want put up for a vote, some kind of rule change that they want, that let's say the Speaker doesn't want, McCarthy doesn't want, then in their own interests and selfish desires, the Freedom Caucus members, those three, could flip and join the Democrats, and then you have a 7-6, a 7-6 committee, and then and the Freedom Caucus will just you know, stay in line with the Democrats, and they will join together, the enemy of the enemy is my friend, until that whatever they want is actually put up for a vote, or if they don't want to vote for something that, say, the Speaker wants to vote for, something that they believe that the Freedom Caucus is against you know, their agenda, what their America First platform then they will pull back, join the Democrats, and vote something down. So Gates, over the past couple of days, has been talking about how McCarthy was making some secret backroom deals with Democrats in order for the the continuing resolution for the funding of the budget for next year. Well, Gates, you you have used the Democrats as well to get what you want. And also, Gates doesn't actually show proof that McCarthy has had any of any of these conversations or backroom deals. But Gates is more than willing to use the Democrats and join up with them in the enemy of my enemy is my friend mentality to get what he wants for himself and the Freedom Caucus, the America First faction of the Republican Party, this platform that they are pushing. McCarthy also, um, he also decided to restore the motion to vacate. And this was ultimately the undoing. This is actually how McCarthy got ousted as Speaker of the House. They put in place the ability. This was a change because I believe it used to be the majority of the majority in Congress. So you needed a majority of Republicans in this case to be able to put up uh, a vote to remove the Speaker of the House. But in order to become Speaker of the House, another concession that McCarthy decided to, to make was that was the restoration of the motion to vacate, which means that a single member of the House of Representatives could put forth a motion for a vote to remove the Speaker of the House. And McCarthy and Gates were going back and forth about this earlier this week and going into the weekend. And McCarthy said that he was calling Gates's bluff. And what did Gates do on Monday? He said he said he was going to follow through. Tuesday, he made the motion. And by Tuesday late afternoon, I think it was around five o'clock, the vote had been taken place and McCarthy was out. So as of right now, the Republicans in Congress, the House of Representatives, do not have a Speaker of the House. Now, there was a next person in line, which also was part of the, the concessions that McCarthy had to make. There was like a hierarchy of sorts put in place. So that next person is in. That next person is in. But there has not been a plan revealed from Representative Gates or any members of the Freedom Caucus, the eight that voted against McCarthy to join the Democrats to get him ousted. What's the plan? Who's your person? We couldn't decide on someone back in January, early February. What's your plan? Now you have all the Trump loyalists who are on on X, formerly known as Twitter, Twitter uh, saying, oh, well, this is the perfect plan. Now they can vote in, vote in Trump because Speaker of the House doesn't have to even be someone who is a member of Congress or maybe Don Jr. And then, then that'll make Trump the leader of the America first, make America great, make America great again agenda. And this will be perfect. 
and then he'll be elected president and so on and so on and so on. I am very skeptical that that is actually going to happen. Very, very skeptical that that is going to happen. I don't think the votes are there to do that. I also don't think Trump wants to do that. Is it clever if it worked? Yes. But I don't think it's going to work. I think that is <laughs> I think that is a, a dream. Like you're in dreamland if you think that's going to happen. Now, if that does happen, I will be the first one to come back on here the following the following week. You know, this is a weekly weekly podcast, and admit that I was wrong. But I am someone like many others who are, you know, confused about why all this is going on, why the Speaker of the House was just ousted when we're going into the, you know, election season or are currently in election season for 2024. Why we are choosing this fight? Republicans love to complain about there is so much going on in this country that needs to be fixed, that the focus needs to be on Biden in this election cycle going into the 2024. However, Republicans, whether it's Donald Trump or the other presidential candidates or members of the House or the Senate, are choosing not to focus on Biden and the Democrat policies that have put us where we are currently. You know, southern border, the economy, all of these issues continue to want to turn the the lights and the camera back upon ourselves and want all the attention which is taking it's a, it's a distraction away from where the attention should be focused which is on biden and the democrats so again i don't see the strategy of gates and the freedom caucus now the enemy of the enemy is my friend i believe that gates actually is being played he's being played by democrats democrats if they do two things well it's one they stay in step with lockstep with one another and two they're very good at strategy. Very good at strategy. Gates might think that, you know, the Democrats, even though they're his enemy, that they're his friend in this. I saw some people online last night, some commentators, some pundits asking, you know, well, <clears throat> why would Democrats do this? Well, the easy answer is that they want to see the Republicans in Congress fail and not be able to push forward their agenda. Democrats, because they are well aware and acknowledge the weaknesses of Biden heading into 2024 and the weakness of their platform, <clears throat> they're well aware of these things. And they would love to have as many distractions as possible that not only distract away from Biden, but also cast the Republican Party in a bad light. Polls show that the, that the majority of Americans trust Republicans when it comes to the economy. The economy is set up to go into a recession. Some say we are already in a silent recession. As of now, expenses are through the roof. Because of all the individuals that are moving to Florida, my car insurance payment has gone up 85% within the last year, year and a half. Childcare is expensive. You know, everything is expensive. Rent is expensive. The jobs are not there. You know, the jobs because of greed that goes along with capitalism, they're not paying enough. The system is set up right now. We are going to all be stuck. Those of us in the middle class stuck here forever. I mentioned it in an episode or two ago, how $150,000, even in the state of Florida, one of the cheaper, <clears throat> one of the cheaper states or other states within the South, it's not like we're living, you know, based on cost of living index for California or Illinois or New York or, you know, Massachusetts or any of those more expensive states, $150,000 for a household still feel like you're just getting by paycheck to paycheck. 
because expenses and everything are so high in this country. This is stuff that Republicans need to be hammering home. And the polls show again that they trust Republicans more with the economy than they do Democrats. And what do we do? We sit here and have a fight about the Speaker of the House because one of the things that he agreed to, you know, he didn't follow through on. And now this is free advertising for the Democrats to say, you trust these people? You trust these people. I know you say in polls that you trust Republicans, but do you really trust these people? They can't even get their own house together, their own act together. And you're going to trust them to do and, and be in control and have their act together, everything in order, in order to advance and improve this country? You know, you must be delusional. I mean, I can write the ad myself. I can write the political ad myself. So Republicans, they do this because they love the spotlight. They become self-righteous. And there are always a handful of them that are on some type of crusade and they can't stay focused. It's, you know, like the meme, dog, squirrel, squirrel. Oh yeah, that's great. You know, everything, distraction, distraction, stay focused. What is the strategy, Matt? What is the strategy, Freedom Caucus? And I believe Kaylee McEnany, you know, former uh, press secretary for Donald Trump, summed it up best. She tweeted last night or X posted, posted on X last night. She said three takeaways. Quote, three takeaways. One, Democrats always stick together. Republicans do not. Two, the chaos, meaning the ousting of Speaker McCarthy, is a manifestation of not having a red wave. A narrow majority means that a few have power to overtake the whole. The more and three, the more conservative CR, which goes back to the budget, the continuing resolution, the CR. Three, the more conservative CR with spending cuts and border funding failed, and instead we got a worse bill. True. McCarthy out as speaker could mean a Democrat-leaning speaker voted on by all Democrats and just a few moderate Republicans. A quest for perfection can backfire. You know, stand up, round of applause, true, true, and true Kaylee McEnany. Democrats always stick together. Republicans do not. True. Republicans love to prove this time and time again. Number two, the chaos is the manifestation of not having a red wave. Also true. You know, the buildup to the 2022 midterms was, oh, everything is so bad under Biden. Republicans are going to have a huge red wave. You know, the majority in Congress for the House of Representatives is 218. Republicans are eyeing like a 240 majority, something like that. The red wave. Uh, yeah, remember how that red wave never happened? Remember how the red wave didn't happen because Republicans were putting forth candidates that were part of this Freedom Caucus that would have been members of this America First that try to use just like brute force to be able to put forth their agenda? And what did I say earlier in this episode? Americans may be for some things, but they want change incrementally, not overnight. There is a strategy that needs to be part of a crusade. And since the red wave didn't happen, all it takes is eight members of the Freedom Caucus to oust the Speaker of the House to change the majority, which again, as I mentioned earlier, is the same thing allowing the extreme minority, and I mentioned this in episode 93 last week or two weeks ago, the extreme minority allowing them to impact and influence the, the standards and the way things are done for the overwhelming majority. That is the Democrat playbook. 
And now the Republicans are doing the same dang thing with this. And then number three by McEnany, the more conservative continuing resolution for the budget was voted against by this Freedom Caucus, was specifically voted against by Gates. And then what did it lead to? A bill that he is more unhappy with. So who's the actual problem here? McCarthy or Gates? Who is actually undermining the America First agenda? Is there really an agenda? Or is Gates, again, just wanting the spotlight to be on himself because he is on this crusade and believes he is self-righteous in it and that is all that he desires and it isn't about necessarily America First? He gave away... He gave away the answer in a quote yesterday. He talked about how whenever the history books are written on this time, he wants to be on the board of directors. You know, it's it's about what he, how he wants to be perceived by the American people, by the public. And I don't think it's necessarily about what he and the America First agenda actually want. Gates and those who are members of the um, Freedom Caucus, they are from deep red districts, so they can afford to say these things and do these things because, because they know that they will be reelected because those in their, in their district are with them. And yes, you are supposed to represent those that put you into Congress. However, you're also part of a larger group, the Republican Party, and you have to work together with those other Republicans to incrementally put the Republican platform into place for this country and to steer and right the ship. However, because we don't have that, as McEnany said in three, because we didn't have the red wave and because we aren't in lockstep, as she said in number one, number three could happen. You get a couple moderate Republicans who are maybe in purple districts, and then you have the Democrats who just prove that they are willing to, you know, to just to remain in lockstep and put all of their votes on the floor. They could easily elect, put in place a moderate or Democrat-leaning speaker. Like, that's not hard to believe. As McEnany said at the end, a quest for perfection can backfire. That is true. A quest for perfection can backfire. That is similar to the, to the phrase or the quote you may have heard, the mantra of, don't let perfection be the enemy of good. You know, you will never take action if you are always trying to be perfect. However, going back to incrementalism, you can do things that are good to incrementally get to the perfection that you are pursuing, that you desire. So the Republican Party seems like it's a 50-50 split based on what I've you know, seen online so far. The Republican Party is on fire because the Republican Party is dysfunctional. It is dysfunctional and, and it drives me insane. What is the plan? What is the strategy? Did this have to happen now? No. Is anything going to get done between now and the end of election season and the end of this term in November of 2024, wrapping up into January when the new Congress is going to be, you know, is going to be ushered in? Probably not. So why do this? Why do this? Matt Gates and the Freedom Caucus are on their America First crusade. And I argue and I believe that they, in fact, are their crusade is actually damaging the Republican Party and ultimately damaging the America First agenda, all because they want the spotlight upon them and they don't have a strategy in place. If there was a strategy and he wanted to lay that out before this vote, that would have been helpful. 
that have been very helpful. But Republicans do as Republicans do, and Republicans cannot get out of the way. And if this comes to backfire, if this comes to backfire in the next couple of months, and then in a year from now when elections are being held, let's say that Republicans, God forbid, lose the majority in the House and continue to be in the minority in the Senate, I will point back directly to this event as the cause for that. This is not putting America first, and Representative Gates and those members of the Freedom Caucus should be ashamed of themselves for what they have done, because they have asked for us to trust them, however they have not shown or given us anything to trust them by. Thank you for listening to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. Remember to subscribe and like or rate the podcast on your podcast app or on YouTube. And engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought at counterthought CEO or on Facebook at counterthought podcast.